Welcome to Yes, X or No Audio. Assange legal battle moves to New York. The Fourth Amendment is still on the books. Published 2022, August 17th. Defending Civil Rights. On the morning of August 14th, 2022, USA Senator Rand Paul called for the repeal of the 1917 USA Espionage Act. The act was used to jail civil rights advocate Eugene Debs, who opposed the USA's involvement in World War I. On the same morning, a press conference was held to announce a civil rights case filed in the Southern District of New York. The plaintiffs in the case are lawyers and journalists who are USA citizens. The complaint alleges that their Fourth Amendment rights of security from unreasonable search and seizure were violated by the Spanish security firm UC Global under the instruction of then CIA Director Mike Pompeo. Mr Pompeo is being sued in civil court based on a 1971 case heard by the USA Supreme Court, Bevins versus six unknown agents of the Federal Bureau of Narcotics. The judgment of this case provides the legal precedent for officers of the state to be tried in civil court for their actions in their government role. Kunstler, Habeck, Glass and Goetz versus the USA. The press conference hosts the two key lawyers who have submitted the complaint, Richard Roth and Robert Boyle, and the four plaintiffs, two lawyers, Margaret Ratner-Kunstler and Deborah Habeck, and two journalists, Charles Glass and John Goertz. Joining them to ask pertinent questions are a pair of journalists who have doggedly pursued reporting on the persecution of Julian Assange, Joe Loria and Mohammed Almazi. They, in turn, are joined by other concerned citizens, including Margaret Kimberley of Black Agenda Report, Mary Kostakidis, an Australian journalist, and Chip Gibbons from Jakobin Magazine. An article which summarises the complaint and places it in context is provided by the ever-reliable Kevin Gostola, editor of The Dissenter. Mr. Gostola also published the video of the press conference via his shadowproof YouTube channel, which is included in the sources of the article. Much ado about nothing. On the one hand, a question may be asked of why the UK's judicial branch did not just throw the extradition proceedings out of court. They had learned of evidence brought before a Spanish High Court judge which detailed the spying on legal counsel visiting Mr Assange in the Ecuadorian Embassy in London. On the other hand, is the informed and somewhat tired doubt held by those who expect justice by the Department of Justice. A first call of acknowledgement must be given to Gustola, Lauria and El Masi for their dedication. The persecution of Julian Assange by now two USA administrations is the greatest threat to freedom of the press in the USA since the Ellsberg case half a century ago. The extradition request for Assange needs also to be placed in the context of the nine prosecutions of whistleblowers under the same Espionage Act by 
the Obama administration. Obama tripled the number of prosecutions under this act. This needs to be seen as a 14-year effort of suppressing documentation of government malfeasance across three administrations. Mr. Assange just happens to be the biggest truth-teller via his publishing organisation, WikiLeaks. Why install microphones if you don't want the recordings? One may view the filing of this case in the Southern District as a minor event, a blip on the radar of news. It does, however, have quite some teeth, despite continuous efforts to undermine legal protections afforded USA citizens by their constitution and specifically its amendments, these are the supreme law of the land. The protections enshrined in the constitution against abuse of citizens by their government has no geographic scope. They are global. This, in combination with the 1971 Bevins ruling by the USA Supreme Court, enable the filing of this complaint. There is no certainty of outcome. A sequence of legal moves will need to be pursued, with the most important being discovery. The complaint uses information obtained by the Spanish legal process in combination with statements made by Mr. Pompeo to allege that data from people's phones and other electronic devices like laptops, including microphones installed in the embassy, were delivered to the CIA. To anyone sane who has been following the affair, it is obvious that this is what has occurred. It is, however, incumbent upon the lawyers to provide reasonable evidence to the court for this to enable discovery. The Department of Justice will be calling on many a favour to have this case assigned to a judge who will make this process as difficult as possible. The key targets of discovery are affidavits by UC Global employees and official documents from the company to demonstrate delivery of data to their USA client. Asking the obvious. While subtle and incisive questions were asked by journalists, the most natural and pertinent question was asked by a British citizen, assumed based on accent. To paraphrase, how do the plaintiffs feel about having their data gathered and delivered to the CIA? Both Kunstler and Habeck, the lawyers, responded by calling it an outrage. While it is certain that the case will be entangled in legal horizontal scrub, the power of the litigation is this outrage against the Fourth Amendment's protections. Two USA lawyers had their privileged conversations with Mr. Assange spied on by an USA executive agency. If this can be conclusively established, there is no escape. This behaviour is unconscionable. It invalidates the entire extradition process. For this reason, the legal challenge will be mired, stymied, prolonged, undermined and compromised. The advantage is that the lawyers representing the plaintiffs know this. Mr Boyle, the constitutional lawyer consulting in the case, calls for calm by the doubtful questioners. 
Mr. Morales, the CEO of UC Global, which ran security at the Ecuadorian embassy in London, is on record as stating that he was recruited by USA intelligence and provided data to his client. This, Mr. Boyle claims, is not circumstantial, but direct evidence. Outcomes. The case seeks the return of data gathered illegally. This implies the destruction of these data. Though this is technically almost impossible, it would make the data unusable directly in any legal procedure against Assange in the USA. A discovery process would make the evidence of these data known, and that is the risk against which the USA government must guard. Because of where the case leads, the outcome of it is unlikely to lead to any relief for the plaintiffs or Mr. Assange. It will, however, reveal the extents to which the USA government is prepared to subvert its own legal system to continue its vendetta against a publisher of embarrassing truth. I'm certain that Mr. Sheehan would applaud Mr. Roth and Mr. Boyle for their submission. I wish the case every success. Postscript. I wish also to thank the maintainers of the Cornell Law School's Legal Information Institute website. The author is filled with glee when able to cite their most reliable pages. Thanks for listening. Until next time.